Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about self-limiting beliefs. She just won't speak up, Julie said. I've been giving her the feedback, Tom. I promise you I have, but she says things like, well, I don't want to step over a line, or I don't want to make a big deal of it, whatever the it of the moment is. Julie was talking about Mako. Julie wanted Mako to be her successor as chief compliance officer, but Mako wasn't stepping up, at least not the way Julie wanted. I had coached Julie four years earlier. She was thinking the time had come for me to coach Mako. She had just finished telling me half a dozen ways Mako was not stepping up, and she asked, If you took a wild guess, what would you say is holding her back? I gave a little shrug and then said, Self-limiting beliefs. She squinted, saying, I think I know what that means, but how do you define it? I said, Well, first I define belief. I say a belief is just a story you choose to think is true. That's all a belief is, something you think is true. And Mako is believing something that isn't true, she asked. Well, no, to her it's true, but not to everyone on the planet. It's not a truth with a capital T. So what would a self-limiting belief sound like, she asked. It might sound like, my work speaks for itself. That's a good one. Or, nice girls don't talk about themselves. That's a great one. Now, those could both be stories she's made up that she thinks are true. She said... And they're self-limiting because they're self-limiting. Oh, gosh, how would you explain this? Well, we all make up stories about ourselves. Some of the stories we believe are empowering and some of them aren't. She nodded, picking up my thread. So if I believe nice girls don't talk about themselves, then I might not talk about my work and I might get passed over. My belief would make me smaller. Yes, you literally limit who you are to conform to what you believe, a self-limiting belief. Okay, she said, so let's suppose that Mako has self-limiting beliefs, which everyone does, I said. Okay, okay, so is she aware of them? Does she know she has them? I shrugged. Some people do. Maybe she does. I don't know. Well, if she knows she has them, why wouldn't she change? I laughed, because... Self-growth isn't a light switch, Julie. I suppose. Could coaching help her see that she has self-limiting beliefs? Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. How would that work, she asked. You know, it's funny, this just came up with a client the other day. So the goal for his coaching is for him to become more visible. So he and I are talking about how he shows up in meetings. And in the middle of the conversation, as if he's talking about the weather, he says, I hate hearing myself talk. And then he goes on as if it was nothing. But in my head, I'm like, whoa, wait a second, pal. Did you hear what you just said about yourself? You say you want to be more visible and you hate hearing yourself talk. Can you hear that those are competing priorities? She said, is that what you said to him? I laughed. No, no, no. But I did stop him. And we did talk about this belief he has that he hates to hear himself talk. She asked, did he see the cause and effect? Cause and effect, how do you mean? Did he see that hating to hear himself talk is limiting him? That's interesting, Julie. I'm not sure. But here's what he did say. He said he sees a pattern of not getting what he wants. 
and he feels certain that he's contributing to that negative outcome in some way. He's not sure how. So he's on a path of discovery. He's looking at his contributions. So my bet is he's going to bump up against his self-limiting beliefs pretty soon if he doesn't know them already. She gave a smack of her lips and nodded her head. I don't think I knew the words self-limiting belief, but I had an experience like that. I waited. After a minute of recalling, she went on. I used to have real trouble speaking up for myself, especially to anyone in authority. I grew up flinching all the time. I saw it in myself, and I didn't like it. I remember in high school thinking, I have to change this. What did you do? I asked. I became this little bulldog detective. I asked myself, why? A lot. So let's say something would happen with a teacher. I wouldn't say anything at the time, right? But I would be thinking, well, you know, she wouldn't think that if she knew the truth. And later I'd ask myself, Julie, why didn't she know the truth? And of course the answer was because I didn't speak up. And then I would ask myself, why didn't I speak up? And usually the answer was something like, well, I don't want anyone to be upset. Something like that. But then I'd ask myself, why about that? And usually that answer was that I was worried about whether people would like me. And then I would ask myself, why about that? Are you kidding? I asked. No, I would, really. I was determined. I think I believed that if I could get to a particular why, I would know how to fix it. What did you find out? I found out I had a self-limiting belief about deserving. I didn't believe I deserved certain things, and that was pretty self-limiting. How did you ever stop? I asked. Or maybe I should ask, have you stopped? She waved a hand and laughed. Oh, yeah, I feel plenty deserving these days. Thank you very much. But how did I stop? I guess I wanted to break the pattern more than I wanted to keep the belief. Her words struck a loud, resonant chord with me, but I stayed silent. After a minute, she said, I don't know if Mako has the same determination I had. I asked, does she want to be chief compliance officer? I think so, Julie said. Why? Well, you wanted to break a pattern that allowed you to push against your beliefs. Maybe if Mako wants the chief officer role badly enough, maybe she'll be able to push against her beliefs. Julie shook her head. I'm not sure she's up to it. I'm not trying to torture her, Tom. You are not doing anything to her, Julie, I said unequivocally. If she's ready to do it, she'll do it. If not, she won't. You are not in the equation. "'What?' she gasped. "'It's not all about me? Huh, "'I'm crushed.' "'And then she cocked her head. "'Is this all just some form of corporate therapy?' "'I told her I thought not, "'and I gave her my spiel about coaching versus therapy. "'And then I said, "'I think the only way a self-limiting belief "'turns into a self-empowering belief "'is when you confront it, "'get as conscious as you can about it, "'and then decide. "'Do you want to believe it or not?' decide if you want to believe your belief? That's a bit meta. No, no, it's not. If a belief is just a story you made up, you can decide if it's worth believing. I suppose, she said, her mind clearly on a new thought, I have a friend who's six four. She has all sorts of beliefs about her height, and some of them are really self-limiting. They make her self-conscious and feel bad about herself. But some of them are pretty empowering. When she's in that mode, she is unstoppable. What do you make of that? I asked. She shrugged. You get to decide what you believe. I guess it's like my dad used to say. There's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Your dad knew his Hamlet, I said. 
Really? That's from Hamlet? Who knew? Huh. But it does make sense, right? Well, of course it does. Shakespeare was a smart guy, I said. She was thinking. When her eyes came back to me, I asked, Can I tell you my story? She nodded permission. It's about the idea of deciding what you believe, I said as preface. When I was little, I learned that speaking up could get me in trouble. Oh, maybe we shared a mom, she quipped. I went on, well, I didn't like getting in trouble, so I made up a belief that said being polite was safe and being bold was dangerous. And it helped me out a lot when I was little. But by the time I was a teenager, boy, that belief was hobbling me. It was like running with a ball and chain. Huh, she said, like me with authority. Yeah, Julie, exactly like that, I agreed. I remember times when I would be in the middle of an exchange, and I don't want to make myself sound like a nutcase here, but really I would hear the belief in my head saying, careful, don't speak up. And I would hear my boldness countering saying, go ahead. Say it. There's no real danger here. And suddenly, I had choice. Which voice did I want to believe? And having that choice freed me. But wait a second, Tom. You were aware of the belief. Isn't the whole point of a self-limiting belief that it's invisible? Well, maybe. I mean, that's why goals are so important. When I don't get what I want, I hope that motivates me to figure out how to do it better next time, so I'm going to be determined, like you were. I'll ask why. I'll listen for the stories I make up. If you coached Mako, do you think she would be transparent with you about her self-limiting beliefs? Oh, <laughs> Julie, people speak their beliefs all the time. Like that guy saying he hates to hear himself talk. We all say our beliefs out loud to each other all the time. Do we? Really? Like what? People say things like, I couldn't possibly talk to him about that. And I say, oh, really, you couldn't possibly? Why, where is that written down? That's just a belief, right? It's just a story you made up. But we let things like that govern our lives. We do, we do, she said with a sigh. Are there books about self-limiting beliefs? The one I like best is Leadership and Self-Deception, I said. Julie and I agreed, whether about Mako or about ourselves, fighting to be free of self-limiting beliefs is a crucial step on the path to the look and sound of leadership. I hope this episode was meaningful to you. I have been trying to figure out how to talk about self-limiting beliefs for years, really. This is an enormous issue I see holding people back. So what was in this episode? First, we've all got them. Even if they're invisible to you at the moment, and they probably aren't, You've got them. That's first. If you wanted to find them, where would you look? You would look for any pattern of self-sabotage. And it doesn't have to be some big drama, just maybe something like a reluctance to speak up. Something as simple as that. There is a self-limiting belief driving that behavior. And the belief is just a story that you tell yourself to let yourself off the hook so you have permission to do it again the next time. That's the pattern. And we justify the pattern by telling ourselves something we think is true. Well, don't accept the truth. Stop buying it. It's not true. Ask yourself, why does that have to be true? Ask yourself why five times and take the debate seriously. Once you can see the story for what it is, make a choice. Do you want to believe it? You do? Okay, 
great, fine. Then it has a function in your life. But now it's a choice. And the minute you make a a conscious choice, well, then it's not really a self-limiting belief anymore. Then it's a choice. Responsibility comes with choice. And leaders love responsibility. So then it's empowering. Something else completely different that you heard in this episode was that I have a spiel about coaching versus therapy. And boy, I do. I bet you didn't know that. I wrote a coaching tip about it back in 2008. I talk about it with clients all the time, as recently as this week. Honestly, I did. And I just posted an article about it in the Forbes Coaches Council. I'm a member of the council. We get to post short articles there. And, you know, I love to write about this stuff, so I'm posting away. And the one that just went live is my spiel about coaching versus therapy. The style on that site is very different in format from what you hear here, but the content is really crisp and clean. And if you're interested, frankly, it's a great metaphor that sticks. Now, ironically, it is not easy for me to get you to the Forbes Coaches Council website. They don't make it easy, but I'm going to try and put the link on my LinkedIn page. So come find me. I'm sorry to tease you, but if you're interested, give it a look. And the point is, I have a spiel about coaching versus therapy. Another thing you heard in this episode is about this book, Leadership and Self-Deception. Oh, what a great book. Friendly, easy, and profound. The author, I love this, the author is the Arbinger Institute. Not an individual, but an institute. Well, good work, folks. Great book. If this topic, this whole idea of self-limiting beliefs If it interests you at all, well, I'm glad. I write about this stuff all the time. There are a slew of tips in the archive about self-limiting beliefs, what we tell ourselves. There are categories that you can sort by that sound like self-talk and perception, how you see yourself, and managing yourself, and personal growth and self-development. I write about this stuff all the time because all this personal work really It is at the heart of the look and sound of leadership. Don't kid yourself. It is. Get to work. So if you want to keep listening, five episodes you might listen to are Conquering Fear, Negative Self-Talk, The Look and Sound of Self-Esteem, Thinking Errors, and Unmasking a Stand-In. You can find all the episodes since, (laughs) since the coaching tip started back in 2005 in the archives at the Essential Communications website, essentialcom.com. It's essentialcom with two Ms.com. Hit the coaching tabs and help yourself. Okay, one more thing to tell you about. Oh, (laughs) this is so much fun. You know that I'm often a guest on other podcaster shows, right? Like Dave Stahoviak's Coaching for Leaders. Great podcast. If you don't know it, you should. Well, this month... I did an interview on a blast of a show called Restaurant Unstoppable. And get this, I love this. The host is this wonderful bear of a man named Eric Cacciatore. Really, I swear to God, and if you were going to host a podcast about restaurants, wouldn't you want that name? It's so great. Well, Eric is just energetic and curious and open-hearted. Our conversation went at super speed about all sorts of things like management and turnover and motivation and feedback, a lot of laughter. It really was a blast. Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 298. Check it out and let me know what you think. You can always be in touch with me on the website. The Contact Us button puts you straight to me. And I am always so very, very, very glad to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.